Hey folks, it's Chris with the Human Project Podcast. We're really excited for this episode because we're going to dive into the intentionality of our words. We have so many conversations throughout a day, whether it's with others or with ourselves, that we need to be very careful about the words that we choose because that influences our mind, that influences how we're going to go about doing something. And so in this episode, we dive into how we typically misuse some words in our intentionality and how we can replace those and build new habits for ourselves and give ourselves grace and give ourselves freedom to do what we actually mean. So listen up, let us know what you think, and hopefully this helps you form some good new habits. Hey, Mark. Hey, Chris. How's it going today, my friend? It is a really good day. How about you? It's going pretty good. Awesome. Shoot some podcasts today and record us talking, which is always a weird concept. (laughs) We're good talkers. It's fine. (laughs) I are good at words. (laughs) (laughs) So that's actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was the intentionality of our words. There's this concept in my mind around how we talk about something influences how we think about something. So I know there's some words for you, you being a big word nerd, probably a bigger word nerd than I am. Mm. Ooh, it's a throwdown challenge. I'll accept. (laughs) Oh, I will let you accept. (laughs) Have at it. Um, But something like that, like Mm -hmm. I will let you. Okay, yeah. Is an interesting word choice. So you're the one that brought this onto our list. So what uh, were you thinking there as it relates to the words and the words that we choose? think there's two sides to the coin there's the one side of like when we're saying something what do we mean and then the other side is how can we be intentional about what we're saying as well okay so I don't know if you ever did this as a kid but if you ever say just pick any word and you say it like over and over again a hundred times <laughs> pretty soon you're like that is the weirdest sounding word in the world <laughs> and it could be anything it doesn't jello matter what it is. if you just say jello a hundred times I guarantee by the hundredth time you'd be like that is I don't even know what it means anymore. Like, it's just weird. Uh, Stop. Or maybe it's just me as a word nerd. I don't know. Oh, no. I definitely did that as a kid. Stop. 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 Our listeners are going to love this part. Your brain is going to break it down into the phonemes and all sorts of fun stuff like that. But I occasionally will pause when I'm saying something or when I hear somebody say something and go, what is, why are we saying that that way? It also comes if you learn another language. Okay, Mm. we had some really good friends who taught us Spanish and sometimes the phrases they would teach us. I'm like, that is a ridiculous phrase. Literally translated, it means this. And they're like, don't even start with me. Your English language is ridiculous. (laughs) And then they would give me 10 examples. And I'm like, you are correct. (laughs) Our language is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. English is is it's amazing. Uh, Just colloquialisms alone are just don't make any sense. But example real quick. So in Spanish, like sweetheart. Okay. Is translated as corazón de pollo. Which means chicken, chicken heart. heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, so you go like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, let's talk about English for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't even know where these things come from sometimes. So I get, I just find that super fun and interesting about language. Um, where it gets a little more serious is when we are saying things to each other or to ourselves, where the words have some intention behind them that maybe we don't realize. Maybe we don't mean, typically we don't mean, but yet we also are still saying it. And so it does have some meaning to it as well. 
Give me um, some examples. Yeah, a really, really simple and almost soft example of this is tomorrow I need to go to the store. Now I emphasize the word need there because that's the one I'm going to pick on for just a second. Okay. Like you might say it a little more firmly to say tomorrow I have to go to the store. Mm. Like if you if you really get picky about that word, and this is this is a, like I said a very nitpicky example. It might seem like at first that's a demand. I have to go to the store tomorrow. I need to go to the store tomorrow is still more toward a demand end of things. A demand. What do you yeah. mean when you say demand? Well, I have to go to the store or else what? Like the, if you don't finish that sentence, the implication mm. is like, I will die. <laughs> you know, something really horrible is going to happen. Jeez. I have to go to the store tomorrow. Oh, you have to or else, or else what? Mm. Like that's what have to means. So it's almost like saying have to must. is placing a demand on yourself. Yeah. Okay. I must is really what, what that means when you break it down. Now, I don't think most of us actually mean I must go to the store tomorrow or else I'm going to die. There's probably a few occasions where that could actually be true, but like I very rarely. I literally have no groceries That's, and I will not eat tomorrow. And I can't get food anywhere else. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, true. It's, not, it's not a must. Okay. So why does that matter? Um, for me, if I'm demanding something of myself and let's say tomorrow stuff happens that I'm not expecting the time that, that I never planned, happens, it the never way. happens, but I'm just saying, you know, theoretically, yeah. <laughs> um, something happens, schedule changes, whatever. Um, you know, I need to go pick up my son because of whatever. And, I, and that's the time I was going to go to the grocery store. Um, now what happens if I have told myself I must go to the store and then I don't must. What am I doing right now with myself? And for some of us who are particularly introspective or harsh personal critics, that's a failure. Hmm. Now I got to deal with myself that I essentially demanded that I do something that I didn't do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I picked a hopefully pretty small example of that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I could see that if we blow that out a little bit more, like, uh, Inter, interpersonally, like yeah. saying that to other people, mm-hmm. like I need you to do this yeah. or all that. We've talked about demands versus requests. Yes. Um, or should. Oh my gosh. There's another one. Oh, just pull out the what? should. Uh, he pulled the pin on the grenade, everybody. Yeah. I'm just warning you right now. Should. Yeah. Why, why do you bring up should? Uh, for should, I think it's a really easy one to give ourselves. I think some of these are judgment. Mm-hmm. Not just demands, but judgments yeah. of ourselves. Like, uh, if I'm not, failure is a good word. If I'm not doing this, then I'm failing. Mm-hmm. This is the expectation I have for myself. And it reveals certain things when we use certain words of what's actually going on in our brains. Yeah. It's, hmm, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I should pick that apart a little bit more. What does should mean? And why is that? an expectation that I have for myself and is that a proper expectation I have for myself or is that something that I I think uh let me go with a little bit different of a scenario just to help uh those that are listening uh I've been reading (laughs) I've been reading a book (laughs) no way Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah with our uh our guys our guys group we have a guys group that meets every two weeks and we're going through a book called habits of the household and it's talking about how do you, as a father, as a leader, uh, set up your family with um, just different habits, different mm. uh, rhythms for your life. And one of them is talking about work and kids understanding work and okay. 
my daughter Sophia, she's too young to understand the concept of work, but they talk about this concept of like, oh, I have to go to work. Mm -hmm. I have to go to work. And how that can actually be unhelpful and set like our kids up for an expectation that work is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so they talk about the intentionality of wording, like change it from I get to go to work. Yeah. And you don't want to go too far to the extreme, like, oh, thank God, I got to go to work and get away from you all. (laughs) But it's interesting how I think our words influence how we think about things. So if I say I have to go to work, Mm -hmm. which is really, really difficult because it's most of the time just you and me working together. Yeah. Yeah. We would not believe. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm hard just to work with with myself, I think. (laughs) Ditto, buddy. Ditto. <laughs> but changing it to I get to go to work. Yeah. Like just that perspective. I feel like I'm jumping all over the place here, but I have another connection I want to make. Okay. There's also studies that have been done about body language. This is, I think this is where I want to go. Verbal body language, mm-hmm. which is counterintuitive and not it. But yeah. They've done studies that like if you have your arms crossed, when you're talking about something, it the body language is what it communicates, which is how most of us actually communicate is through body language. Mm-hmm. All the things that are unspoken. If you have your arms crossed, it communicates like I'm closed off, I'm not listening, I'm shut off, I'm within myself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they showed that even if you just like open up your posture, it invites more openness so set your posture change your mind Mm. with body language Mm -hmm. or like where your feet are pointed if your feet are pointed at something it means that's where your attention is directed Mm -hmm. so like if you're talking to someone and your feet are pointed like towards the door you're thinking about leaving it means you're done with the conversation (laughs) essentially even if you are not consciously aware of it right your body's giving you signals Mm -hmm. so the same is true i think a lot with our words Mm. if we set ourselves up for using the proper words that we actually mean yeah like if we stop and think about it it changes our mindset from have to to get to Mm -hmm. or from it would be good for me to go to the store instead of i need to go to the store yeah right yeah i've heard the same thing about nonverbals. this is like a feedback loop to ourselves also Mm -hmm. if you want to and some of this starts to sound like fake it till you make it. It's really, it's feeding back to our bodies what we want to be portraying, what we want to be thinking about. Like if you want to um, feel strong in a moment, like before I go, say, speak at a conference or teach a class or something, it's going to help me more if I stand up straight, maybe even if I put my hands on my hips a little or something more like a superhero pose, you might say, (laughs) but just enough to take a deep breath that tells my body it's go time yeah and i'm i I can do this i got this i like that a self self feedback loop yeah so i think the question for those that are listening is what are your self feedback loops yeah and i think observation just awareness is an excellent first step to listen to yourself and the people around you and to start to question some of the things that you're saying to yourself i should i have to i must um, you should, I mean, th- those things always, come out of us all the time. You, you want to go to the all global always, words, always, never, never. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone, everyone, no one, yeah. no one. 
Um, listen to those, just be aware of what those are for a bit and start to ask yourself, is that what I really mean when I'm saying that? Mm. Yeah, that's good. Because there's plenty of alternatives for many of those things. Like you said, like, um, I would like to is one of my favorite replacements for should mm -hmm. or must. Yep. So I would like to. I'm planning on. Yeah. Because those, those are softer and actually relate to re my reality. What I'm trying to say here is I would like to go to the store tomorrow or... You know, I'm planning on having that difficult conversation tomorrow. That that's just simply a, a statement yeah. of fact, without, as you pointed out earlier, the the judgment or prejudgment of myself. If I don't have that conversation tomorrow, I would. I'm planning on it. Okay, yeah. plans change. That's cool. And it's almost setting yourself up for one kindness mm -hmm. <laughs> to yourself. The other being, I think openness to receiving new information and being able to change course when mm -hmm. something like that happens. So that way you yeah. don't view it as a failure if that thing doesn't happen. Right. Like I know I'm, I'm a big to-do list person mm -hmm. and if I have a to-do list for a day and I get half of it done, I'm like, oh man, I meant to get all of it done. Yeah. And just setting yourself up for, for, for that with I'm planning on. Yeah. I think it's helpful. Yeah. It's, is that almost giving yourself up, giving yourself an out, and setting yourself yeah. up for fail for failure by not committing to something like that? Right. Like I'm planning to do this. Like the, the motivation. Yeah. Well, I need to be, and sometimes we hear this from managers about the people they're managing, and we can say the same thing about ourselves. I think is what I'm hearing you say. Like if I don't say it with some force to myself, I might not do it. Yeah. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. So so I have to go to the store tomorrow. If I just soften that, then I'm not going to go to the store tomorrow. Mm. Like I know my, my wife works on deadlines. Like mm -hmm. if she doesn't have a deadline for something, yeah. it does not happen. Right. Right. Uh, I, to me, it's like cleaning up my language still. For me to go well, keep with the store, the difficult conversation thing, um, I must or I should is a really tight, like, um, like you said, you know, it's, it's some, it needs to be pretty catastrophic if I don't, if I fail to do that mm. for me to actually use those words to say, I would like to where I plan to is still me stating now my intention, which is what I'm trying to do clearly, my intention. If I say should, then what, I, what that's implying um, in, in the real use of the word should is that reality must be that I've gone to the store tomorrow. And reality doesn't must be that I go to the store tomorrow or that I have that difficult conversation. It's that my motivation, my intention is to have that conversation or to go to the store tomorrow. Mm. And now I'm, so that's me saying what I think is important for me to focus on tomorrow. That is no less strong. It's just that I'm owning it as my intention instead of saying there's some like reality that must be the way it is tomorrow. That it, which seems fairly nuanced, I think, yeah. to most of us. And yet I found it really powerful for me speaking to myself that it's, as you said, more kind to myself and it hasn't removed my motivation. I still want to, is another way we could word that, or uh, would like to do these things in the future. And then that can be kinder to other people too. Let them own their intentions. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good call out is, one is data that you have of what's worked for you. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the same thing for anybody that's listening to this, like, oh yeah, I wanna go try that, mm -hmm. is treat it like an experiment. Like yeah. everything that we, talk about is couched in this experimental language like yeah. try it for a little bit if it works sweet keep doing it if it doesn't then change course yeah 
And so let's let's do a quick recap. So we talked about uh, awareness. So see what words you're using. Yeah, right. Like should, must, always, never, the big. We didn't talk about can't. There's another one. Can't. Oh, <laughs> should we open up that can of worms? Sure. Should we open up that can of worms? We should. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be helpful? See, let's try, let's practice. I'd like it. to open up that can of worms. I'd like to open up that can. Of let's worms. open up the can of worms. Darren, How many would times you like to open up the can of worms? <laughs> How many times can we say can of worms? <laughs> Can of worms. Can, it's like the, the stop. Right? Sponsored by Cans of Worms. <laughs> oh, our first sponsor. That'd be a really weird first Very sponsor. Strange. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, aren't you glad you listened to this, listeners? I'm not sure. I'm glad I'm listening to it and I'm here right now. Okay, so tell me about can't. Yeah, I can't. I cannot. Like, I'm not able to. Uh, Sometimes that is true. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when we say it, it's that I don't want to. Again, it's not that I'm not able to. <laughs> it's that I don't want to. So only I don't want to. Oh boy. Pause, I, I pause for a, a story, story here. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. So one of my uh, really good friends lives in Pennsylvania. We went and stayed with them a couple years ago, and their daughter is the, the cutest. She's, I think, eight or nine now. And they'd ask her, like, uh, hey, can you go clean your room? And she'd say, I can't. Mm -hmm. And so then they started to wise up and say, okay, well, why can't you? And then she went, I don't want to. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Let's dig underneath that. <laughs> and it was just a cute thing because I think she was like three at the time. Yeah. I can't. Why can't you? I don't want to. And I'm like, then you that's me. Yeah. That's me. I do that a lot of times. <laughs> I can't do that right now. Sometimes it's the way of avoiding what we really are trying to say yeah. to ourselves and to other people as well. Yeah. So that it's helpful to actually realize what's underneath it for ourselves, which is why I say start with observation yeah. and then question yourself and go, huh, what's really going on there? So anytime you catch yourself saying can't, should, must, always, never, mm -hmm. everyone, everyone, yeah. no one, mm -hmm. pause. Yeah. Is that actually what you mean? Right. And then as you start to get aware of that, look at what do you actually mean and then replace that. And it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this for however many years, yeah. and new habits take time to implement, put into practice. So do that and see what the results are. Let yeah. us know. Right. Let us know in the comments if you start doing that. Like, what uh, what results are you seeing? We'd love to, to hear that, hear some stories. Or what questions do you have about that? Where have you seen that be a pattern? Yeah. More intentionality with our words. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Thanks for diving into that. Mark. Oh, yeah. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in today. This podcast is made possible by myself, Chris Conlon, Mark Wavell, and our lead editor, Derek Donnelly. We are a crowdfunded nonprofit. Most of what we do is free because of your generous support. Thank you for joining us on our mission to bring a million lives closer to fullness in God's design. To support us financially or to learn more, visit humanproject.us.